Welcome to episode 204 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here, and this is the debut episode of the year 2019. Here we are, first episode of the year. This is officially the fifth calendar year that we've recorded a podcast in. Pretty fucking awesome, isn't it? Yeah. I- I'm weird. I'm digging it. It's weird to say that, but here we are. Yeah, here we are. Yeah. And we're kicking the year off with a bang with three of the members of Junkyard. Yes. Couldn't ask for anything better. No, I mean... I mean, unless Dimebag was going to come back and yeah, join no the podcast shit. or something. Cliff Burton, whatever. Yeah. The, but, I mean, this is a bucket list band for us, uh, and we finally got to see him, and... More than that, we got to talk to him, and it was great, and y'all are going to hear it here in a little bit. And speaking of Junkyard, they were here in town about a, or a little under a month ago with L.A. Guns, and that show was a D.E.B. Concerts production. And, and guess what? Yep. They're our sponsor. Exactly. This week and every week. D.E.B. Concerts. Concert promoter based here in the Tulsa area that brings tons of bands from the heyday of the hard rock era of the late 80s, early 90s. They brought in everyone like the two bands I just mentioned, the Sebastian Bach, Tom Kiefer, Jack Russell's Great White, Steelheart, Striper, Dokken, Warrant, Firehouse, Lita Ford, a ton of other ones, Winger, very long list, and the list will add one more. This February 13th when Saxon. That's right. The Mighty Saxon comes to the Ideal Ballroom. Thank you, DEB Concerts. Yes. This will be amazing. We're both big fans of this band, and they are an awesome live band. So really excited to see them inside the Ideal Ballroom. It's going to be crazy. And I can confirm Eddie Trunk is hosting that one. Okay. Because I saw a poster with him on it. So all that stuff you brought up a few weeks ago was just all bullshit. Yeah, I guess he worked it out, whatever, but <laughs> right. it's happening, So because he's on the poster now. Right on. So Eddie Trunk will be there. You should come stump the trunk, you know, ask him something that you might think he might not know. You might stump him. That's right. Ask him what his fourth favorite album of 2018 is, because he apparently only had three of them. He only had three. wasn't Judas it, Priest, so. He only had three, whatever. and people couldn't handle it. They took a shit out of their dick hole about it. You know, how dare he only have three? Guess what? It's a free country. Anyone can do anything. If a motherfucker wants to have three top albums, you you need to be cool with it and just, I don't know, go watch, you know, your fucking episodes of Blackish and shut the fuck up. I don't know. But, I mean, it's just, you know, I don't understand why people were so in arms about it. But What did you think of the debut episode of The Masked Singer? It doesn't come on till tonight. Oh. Which well, I'm by the time wa- they hear this, it'll... well, I can't tell you now though. Well, I know that I you're kinda... gonna watch that. Fuck yeah, I am. It's stupid and it's corny, but there's just some weird fucking thing about. There's just w- some weird fucking thing that I have to see this. I don't know why. I'll watch it why. on YouTube later, probably like the clips of it. But I'm not gonna. I I just I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I I'm 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 not condoning it. Don't get me wrong. It's kind of like, you know, looking at the sun. You know you should stare away. That's right. Look away, or sta- look away excuse me, but you can't just help but stare. <laughs> so I got to watch this shit. I don't know. Yeah. Well. I, I was going to say I'd watch it for my childhood crush, Jenny McCarthy. But oh, is she I, part of it? Yeah, she's oh. one of the judges. But yeah. I saw her on um, one of the New Year's shows the other night. And, you know, her face is so Botoxed up, I don't even think it moves anymore. It doesn't even look like her anymore. Oh, man. You know, it looks like a fucking leather shoe or some shit. <laughs> Anyways, I, I'm going off on a tangent. Yeah. Sorry about that. Well, back to this show. Yes. This show will also feature Mud Flux and Down for Five. Of course. Both great bands from the Tulsa area. Opened up for Saxon, hosted by Eddie Trunk at the Ideal Ballroom, February 13th, 2019. It's going to be fantastic. What more could you ask for? You can't ask for much more. That's right. Yeah. So, once again, thank you to DB Concerts for bringing in these awesome shows and for sponsoring us here on this podcast. All right. Before we get into this, we've got a lot of stuff we're going to talk about. We do. We do. But the first thing, our last episode last week was the best of 2018 episode. Yes. And every year, there's always a few things that we forget. But thankfully... You know, the, these things we're going to mention weren't things that would have made the list because, you know, we have kind of a, since we're a hard rock, heavy metal podcast, we stick to that. And even if it's yes. stuff we love, it's just rock 
you know, we kind of got to draw a line somewhere. But we always talk about the stuff that came yeah. out that we're huge fans of, like we did with the Interrupters and a few other country artists. A couple huge ones we forgot were Ian Moore and Jim Wilson. Yes, we did. Those were great fucking records that were put out this year. Um, Ian Moore uh, had an EP called Toronto. Um, and I think it's, you know, I, I think it was some of the best stuff he'd done in a while. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, if, you know, I know, I know, you know, like, kind of like when we talk about Old Crow Medicine Show or The Interrupters or Coulter Wall, you know, stuff we both like, whatever. I don't know. But like, you know, it's not your usual hard rock metal thing that a lot of the people that listen to this are used to. But, you know, we still have to talk about some stuff we're really digging on. And I think this is some of his best stuff that he's done in a while. Um, that, that song, um, you got to know my name is fucking awesome and, and it rocks too, you know, I mean, yeah. it, forget it. It was just a great fucking, great fucking collection of songs. Yeah. Like every five song or six on songs, it. something like that. Yeah. Lords of Levy, you know, just the whole thing's great. And like yeah. you said, I think it might be my favorite thing since back in the nineties, like, and all the colors. That's cool. I get that. I get that. But it, I mean, it, you know, he's yeah. the guy we've liked everything he's done and he, has a lot of diversity in his music. Like every album's got its own feel, mm-hmm. and all of it's great. But yeah, just something about the CP just jumped out to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, he 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 does what he wants. Uh, you know, Ian Moore started out as like a blues rock guy, and he's and he's he's spread out into so many corners. You know, he'll, he'll go rock, he'll go kind of an indie sound, he'll get acoustic, and you know, I mean, he's a superb songwriter. So. And this is a great place to start if you want to check him out. So, yeah, the EP is called Toronto. He is called Ian Moore. Check it out. <laughs> Another one you need to check out is the album Now Playing by yes. Jim Wilson. This album is fantastic. It's another one you just call straight up rock and roll. And he's a guy that we actually, you know, I didn't mention Ian Moore has been on this podcast probably about a year and a half. That's right. Maybe yeah. two at this point. But Jim Wilson was on here just a few months ago. In 2018, and he is the lead singer of the supergroup Motor Sister that includes Scott Ian and who else is in that? Joey Vera from Armored Saint and John Tempesta from The yeah. Cult and many other things. Anyway, Jim Wilson fronts that band, and he was also the front man for Mother Superior, and he was in the Rollins band, Rollins band, excuse me, for a while. Yeah. And then he's got this solo music that he did with Phil Jones, and it's just fantastic work of music, in my opinion. This uh, whole it, thing straight through. It really is. It, you know, it, it's songwriter kind of stuff. You know, it's got a classic rock feel. Um, if you like that kind of thing, this is right up your alley. If you, you know, if you love stuff like, you know, uh, later Ian Moore, or even stuff like, you know, Tom Petty or The Stones. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I mean, this is this is just great stuff. Yeah, so highly recommend you looking up Now Playing. Give this guy a listen. Check it out. And hopefully we'll hear more from Motor Sister in 2019 as well, because it sounds like they're yeah, they're going to be doing something. I think we are. And one other thing I wanted to mention, it's not it's out, but not technically out. Depends mm-hmm. on the way you look at it. But Damon yeah. Johnson's new solo album, Memoirs of an Uprising, says it'll be everywhere in March, but... The physical copies, if you order it through his Pledge Music, the vinyl copy or the CD, you can get already. And I happen to get that because Jason right here ordered it for me for Christmas. Merry Christmas. So you haven't even heard this thing yet. No, I want to hear it. So I'm bringing it up because that came out technically in 2018, but since it's not officially out until March, you'll probably hear us talking about this thing again. Yeah. And of course, the best of 2019, maybe. Because this is... This is definitely good enough to be on the best of list, and it's and it's Damon Johnson going back to his hard rock roots with Brother Kane. Nice. Even though he'd never left that because of Black Star Writers, yeah. but I just mean as far as his solo work. Gotcha. Because you know his solo work is mainly it was a lot acoustic, of acoustic, or, yeah. yeah. You know, just stripped down, laid back, and he's another guy just like the last two guys we mentioned. That's a fantastic songwriter. He's wrote songs for big time people. This album. Is I think it's like 10 songs, and it's just all killer, no filler. Good. You're going to love it when you hear it, I promise you. Hell yeah. And it's, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. That joke you made to me about the title. 
whenever he was a oh. ghostwriter for Damn Yankees or something. Anymore. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> what, the memories from an uprising? Yeah. It was about his time memories. as a, it was about his short time in uh, Damn Yankees. Right. In the second album. Because he was in Damn Yankees for about five minutes after the second album, right before they just decided to say, ah, fuck it, we're not going to do this anymore. Like, you can Google it. There's actually pictures of him with damn Yankees, like in a photo shoot and shit like that. But Jesus, that was like 23 years ago. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, Damon Johnson as well. Yes. As the last two guys was also on this podcast going back in, uh, it was either April or May. Him and Ricky Warwick from the Black Star Riders were on here. We talked about all that stuff. A little bit about Brother Kane and Ricky Warwick solo stuff. So check that one out. That was a really cool one. And... Damon Johnson is officially not a member of the Black Star Riders now. He stepped away at the end of 2018, but he's still be involved with Thin Lizzy when they do dates. And gotcha. Then, of course, he's got his solo work now. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, check it out. All right, and another thing, I was just going to kind of run through some of the comments from... You Our know, best of 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's always got their opinions, yeah. you know. Cool, cool. But, you know, we... Kevin Williams, you know, who we brought up before, you know, he's mentioned that I hope you guys mentioned Monster Magnet because he said that before he had listened. And, you know, we talked about it on that episode. I was kind of, yeah. you were surprised and I was surprised it didn't make my list. Yeah. Still a great album. Yeah, it was, yeah. And uh, Jason Carroll chimed in with, with his top 18 as well. And it included a few bands that weren't on ours. Okay. Like Burning Witches, Visigoth, um, Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons. I need to hear that record. You guys talk about it so much. I, yeah. I just, I don't know. I never, I think I said that in the last one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I brought it up on there cause it's a great album and I'm, yeah. it's one of the ones I kind of thought would probably be towards the end of my list, but for some reason, and, and, and but Vis- you, you dig it. It's great. Yeah. And Visigoth too. I've heard them definitely. And you know, I, I know that the one record I did hear a few years ago is great. And Jason kind of, you know, he's he kind of took the Visigoth thing and ran with it. Yeah. You know, when it comes to the three of us, I need to get more, uh, you know, caught up on them too. Yeah. And then it looks like Primal Fear and Bad Wolves were gotcha. also on the list, okay. and we talked about both those in the episode. And then John Stowe chimed in and said that Allison Chains definitely should have made the top five of this list, in my honest opinion. You know, and we talked about that, of oh, course, yeah. on the last episode, and. You know, I replied to that comments, and then Luke Nagel said that Night Flight Orchestra is badass. And they are. Yes. And, you know, there's a few other things, but just figured I'd give those guys a shout out. And Shit, yeah. If you haven't listened yet, episode 203, our top 18 plus a ton more. Do it. It's like a two-hour journey, but that's how they usually it's are. It's an extravaganza, and you'll <laughs> you'll love it. Yeah. <laughs> We've got the, the Mikey Hernandez benefit we need to talk about. Yeah, this benefit music to men, Mikey, is coming up here in just a little over two weeks. Recently announced it's January 20th at the Venue Shrine, and this is to benefit, help with medical costs and everything for Mikey. I think it's the 19th. Oh, that's right. I'd put down 20th. That's the day of COC. Yes. It's the Saturday night, January 19th. So you've got a full weekend of rock and roll here in the yeah, Oklahoma area. That's going to be a busy fucking weekend for us. Yeah. You've got Metallica the 18th. You've got this Mikey Hernandez benefit the 19th. And then you've got Crozen Conformity at Crowbar on the 20th in yep. Oklahoma City. I know. Mikey was in an accident and lost one of his hands. And that's horrible enough. Definitely. But the guy is a drummer. Yes. So that makes this even more... And a great fucking drummer, by the way. Yeah, he is the drummer for Doxy, and we talked about him before on his podcast, and of course we had Kevin and Tom from Doxy on, and they talked about how great he was as well on that episode, so go back and check that out. But he's, you know, said on Facebook, you know, he he vows that he's going to make this happen, and he's going to be playing drums, and I know Doxy, of course, is taking a break right now, of course, while this mm-hmm. is going on, and you know, we'll see what comes of this, but in the meantime, get out there on the, the 19th, it's $5 to get in, or you could throw down 10 or 15 if you want to give a little bit more money to help out, whatever whatever you can do, basically. Definitely. It'll be a great night of music, and I'm sure by the next time we talk to you, we can 
give you a list of some bands that are playing. That's right. That's right. It's going to be a great night. Yeah. So definitely make your way out there on the 19th to the Shrine. So I want to get into something here for a minute. Okay. Uh, this past, oh man, I've been on vacation. I don't even know what day it is, man. Yeah, I had that at the top of the list, and we just started going on about it. <laughs> well, stuff. yeah, I know that's it, but uh, like this, I guess this past New Year's, I saw not New Year's the day before, which was like Monday, fuck Tuesday, I don't know. What, the day what's, before? What's today? Wednesday. It, it was the thirtieth, so that was Sunday. Night. Sunday night. Uh, Mel and I saw Old Crow Medicine Show in Nashville. Which was kind of part of our, you know, we had time off, so we went down to the beach in Alabama. Uh, we came up to Nashville, and, uh, you know, and I just wanted to say, uh, you know, it was a good time for me to get away. Um, uh, you know, my uh, my main man, my best friend, my dog, Merck, passed away on Christmas night. And, you know, I say this because to some it seems kind of cheesy, you know, and I was always one of those people, like, I love dogs, I love my dog, you know, but, like, they're dogs, you know what I mean? And, because some people, I think, go, like, way overboard sometimes, you know, and, you know, and, you know, you know, fucking, I've seen people, like, have, you know, give their dogs their own room, and, <laughs> right. you know, carrying them around in a fucking purse and shit, <laughs> But you, you know, have tried to carry Mark in a purse. Dude. Oh fuck! That yeah. would have had to have been a big fucking purse. Yeah, and he would have shit in it, which would be doing awesome. So, yeah. anyways, but you know, um, and he even made he even made an appearance or two on this podcast. Yeah, a few times. Yes, you yeah, know, in the background, in the background, uh, and you know, those times where you know we'd have cookouts at your place, and you know, even some of the some of the the guys and bands around town, you know. He'd always put a smile on people's faces because he was a, a goofy fucking basset hound. And, you know, he had a great personality. And you, you, you don't really, re I mean, you kind of realize, but, you know, uh, faced with the reality of having to put him to sleep, you know, uh, I fucking bawled like a baby. I cried like a baby back bitch, you know, because and then you really get it. You know, these are like fucking kids to you. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, shout out to Merck. And it was a great, it was a great way to get away and just kind of numb that fucking thing to get away and see this band and get out of the state and stuff. And Old Crow Medicine Show put on a hell of a show. Um, you know, going back to what we said before, you know, we talk about this band and a few other bands all the time that aren't really hard rock or metal. Well, they're not really, they're not at all. <laughs> But they've got the spirit. They've vibe definitely of got rock and roll. spirit. They've even said they're like an, you know, they're they're uh, a rock and roll band with you know old timey sensibility or old timey roots or whatever. And you know, it, it, there's no way, there's no fucking way you could not see the show and not love it. And so I just had to kind of put a shout out to that. They did. They played for two hours straight. You know, they did all their popular songs and just the musicianship. If you're you're not even into this genre, but you can't deny, you know, there's guys that are playing like one guy will play a fucking accordion. Then he'll put it down for a song and go play the drums and then he'll put it down for a song, and go pick up a mandolin. Then he'll go to the keyboards. I mean, these guys, you know, are musicians through and through. And it was just a great night. And, uh, you know. I'm always going to be a fan of this band. Yeah. And even though this is a metal podcast, we're always going to talk about them. Yeah. So I know you love them too. So, you know, if people don't like that, fuck them. <laughs> yeah. I saw the set list from your show and mm. they open with Child on the Mississippi, which is my favorite song on the new album. Great fucking tune, man. They didn't play Brush Your Mountain Conjugal Trailer, which kind of hurt me. But, you know, hey. I know. They I know. probably don't play it that often anyway. Yeah. I thought maybe there'd be more stuff from the new album, but. I was kind of surprised it was more heavy on the previous album. Yeah. But, you know, they're supposed to be going on a super huge hiatus. So maybe they just wanted to get stuff from everything. But they also, they played the next night. On New Year's Eve, so maybe that was... It's probably a different set. Different set. It, yeah. I can't find it yet. I'm sure it'll pop up, but... So there's that. Well, let's play some music here. And after we play this song, we're going to talk about a show these guys are playing. But the the band is called Vulture Wake, and this song is called Bucket. Bucket. 
Rocket from a Vulture Wake. This band's kind of like a super group of punk musicians. Yes. It features members of all, Authority Zero, Good Riddance, Lagwagon, even Bisto Blanco. Nice. And they're on tour right now, and they were playing this week, actually, Friday night at Mercury Lounge. That's going to be a great show. Yeah, and not only that, as they're on tour right now with um, Bob Goblin, and then our good friends in Murderous Mary will be on this show as well. Nice. So this is definitely a great night of diverse music. Of course. And these guys are, as you heard in that song, a great solid punk rock band. Yes, that totally scratches your punk rock itch. Yes. I mean, <laughs> that's a great fucking song. I, I, I dug it. And they're actually playing the next night in Oklahoma City, and our buddies in Normandy's will be at that show. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, so check these guys out some more. Follow them on Facebook, A Vulture Wake. Do yourself a favor, get out there at Mercury Lounge Friday night. Yes, we will see you there. Yes. That's for sure. All right, something else that is going on now. Well, it's been going on, but as of January 1st, the voting opened for the Tulsa Music Awards from We Are Tulsa Music. Yeah. And you can vote from now until January 31st. You just go to TulsaMusicAwards.com. There's like 30 categories. If you're skimming through there and you don't know some of the genres, you don't have to vote, you know, yeah. or you can just vote for whatever sounds cool, whatever floats your boat, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and if you're from out of the area and you're listening to us, hey, we appreciate your vote. You just go on there. We're category number 11, which is di- Digital Media Outlet of the Year, Yeah. which is sponsored by Total Communications. So, yeah. Please vote. Do us a favor and vote. And vote. There's many people many people and bands that are in the finals here that have been on this podcast or that we've played, you know, like Fist of Rage, Driver, Down for Five, Screaming Red Mutiny, Sprout the Anti-Hero, Steve Murdoch, um, The Ideal Ballroom is nominated. You know, I shouldn't have started listening to it because there's the Normandies. I don't want to forget people, but Weston Horn. Yes. All these people have been on the podcast, and I know there's a ton more. That I haven't listed. And, you know. and you're forgetting them now, and you're a bastard. Yeah. It's all Trent's fault. Don't look at me, everybody. <laughs> well, you're not chiming him. in. You're not chiming in with me. Because I don't want to forget somebody. And then 13 minutes. I'll just rather, I'll just rather the blame go on you. Okay, thanks. You know, it's, <laughs> it, I make it easy for myself, people. What can I say? Right. But, yes, like I said, you can go in there and you can vote once per device. So, vote on your phone, your computer, your mom's phone, your sister's computer, whatever. Whatever you got to do. Yeah. You know? We appreciate it, and it helps support the scene. Yeah. Go go, uh, go get your grandpa's uh, flip phone with the uh, gigantic buttons. Yeah. What's, what are those called? It's like some old school name. I don't know. But yeah, go, but those don't have... You can't log on to the oh, internet fuck, with that. That's right. <laughs> Man. The Blackberry might have been the first thing you could do that with. Well, go gotta, find one of those. Okay. <laughs> Well, speaking of that, you can also buy tickets now as well at TulsaMusicAwards.com. And they're only 20 bucks right now. In a few weeks, they go up to 25 So get in there quick. And just this past Wednesday, yesterday basically, Roger from We Are Tulsa Music, Ryan, who was also one of the co-founders of the Music Awards from Mugen Music. Yes. And then Sprout. The anti-hero, we're all three on Good Day Tulsa, on Channel 8 here in Tulsa, and Sprout performed a couple songs, yes. or one and a half songs, because he got the credits to cut off that next yeah, one. Yeah, kind, kind of on the outro. Yeah, and, you know, Roger and Ryan spoke about the event, and they mentioned on there that all the proceeds were going to Make-A-Wish, which was really cool, and they also announced on the episode of Good Day Tulsa that... Skytown, the Normandies, Western Horn and the Hush, and Screaming Red Mutiny will all be playing at the event. That's awesome. On March 9th. And they've also got a couple more bands that they're going to announce as well. Definitely. And and Sprout did a great job. He did. Yes. He played a single sure forward, which we've played on here before. And he's been on here several times, and he will be on here again soon enough. I hope. I hope. So look up Forward by Sprout if you get the chance. Yes. And we, we need to have Roger and Ryan on sometime soon to talk about all this stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know we spoke several months ago to Roger about doing that. Just haven't made it happen, but we will. Yeah, we'll Obviously do before March 9th. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but yeah, once again, TulsaMusicAwards.com. Check it out. We're going to play some more music. Let's do it. <clears throat> All right. What do you got? We got our buddies in Sign of Lies, and they just debuted their new track with Devin on vocals called The Truth. Truth from Sign of Lies. They just dropped this thing. I believe it was New Year's Eve. The video is out as well. So go to YouTube and type in Sign of Lies The Truth. This is the first official studio track they've released with Devin on vocals. And they've got an EP coming out here in February. So be on the lookout for that as well. But these guys are, we've talked about many times, great band. And Devin's just kind of enhanced that as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, I know they were looking for a singer, and they definitely found a great one. 
now and uh you know full steam ahead for these guys they've got a great heavy sound this video's cool um you know there's been a few artists this past couple years that have made videos around town and that have looked really cool um you know sometimes local bands doing videos seems a little sketchy sometimes but these guys pulled it off and uh you know, it, it's such a great vibe for the song, and it's a good intro for this band. Um, you know, they're young, they're hungry, so, you know, let's see what they can do. Yeah, and their drummer, Chase and Dane, recently stepped down from the band after their, you know, he had announced it several months ago, but his final show was in Oklahoma City when they opened up for Puddle of Mud, a Tantric. Yeah. And... I don't know if they've, I don't think they've announced a replacement. I don't know. I, I think they said Perhaps. that he was going to stay on for a few more shows. Oh, did they? Until they just find somebody. Oh, okay. That, I, I it seems like, uh, you know, you, you see so much shit in your feed. You right. Kinda, sometimes you wonder, that's like the fucking, that's the, the kicking the balls about social media. Sometimes you wonder, did I read this? Where did I read it? Right. Am I fucking going crazy? <laughs> so, you know, don't quote me like 100%, but it seems like I've, you know, I'm sure, you know, as a fucking, uh, uh, an outlet, we should, you know, confirm that shit. But <laughs> right. also, this is a podcast we're just kind of discussing, so. Yeah. Well, the thing is, know, if he stepped down or if he's going too soon, whoever takes his place has some pretty big shoes to fill, because this guy. Yeah, this guy can play some fucking drums. Yeah, and he's got such an energy yes. that, you yeah. know, you only see on occasion from drummers, you know, when you look at guys like. Zoltan Cheney or yeah. RJ from Hellstorm that just really put everything into the way they're playing. Exactly. Chasen's exactly like that. So, I mean, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to hit this band up, you know, if you're a drummer, you know, make sure to, you know, uh, come correct for sure. That's right. But yeah, check out Sign of Lies, give them a follow on Facebook and be prepared for this new EP that's coming out next month. Hell yeah. All right. Is it Junkyard time? I think so. We talked about this show on our L.A. Guns episode yeah. 202, but we didn't talk much about Junkyard because we knew we would be doing this episode later. Exactly. If you have not listened to episode 202 with Tracy Guns and Phil Lewis, do it because it is a great episode. And this one, we also had, at the same show, we had the chance to sit down with Junkyard. They opened up for L.A. Guns. They did a run of dates with them. Like you mentioned at the top, it was a bucket list band for both of us. Definitely. To finally get to to see them live and as well have them on this podcast. And they did not disappoint in the least. No, not at all. You know, they're just a fantastic band that was so underrated during that period. Yeah. And still to this day. Oh, I think so. I mean, if you, you know, if it, it, it's just they had that whole, yeah, sure, there was tinges of the 80s melodic hard rock, but... There's also, you know, heavy blues, heavy southern kind of feel, you know, uh, you know, the these guys almost could, punk tendencies at times. And then too. and then yeah, and then you've got like a punk thing sometimes and it all works out, it all makes sense and I think that has a lot to do with where they're from, you know, and the, their influences and it just it just came together to make such a, a great sound. Um, you know, and uh just this band should have caught on way more than they did um but in any case they that doesn't matter they still have a great legacy they can still play shows they go overseas um and uh you know they're very deserving of what they're getting right now yeah so i'm really happy to see that they've... they're still making great music yeah they high water is a great fucking record yeah from 2017 and yeah they, they've mentioned it on social media and they mentioned it here in this interview to us that there will be new music probably in 2019 can't wait yeah, so these guys, I'm really glad to see that they're back more active because it was not just sporadic shows this year brought them like, I think I saw a Facebook post where they said 39 shows or something. Yeah. Which is a lot more than Junkyard had previously been doing. Exactly. And so the fact that they're back more active is great. They're, I think they played the Monsters of Rock Cruise. They do a lot of these festivals and they're, like you mentioned with their sound, it gives them the ability to open for someone like L.A. Guns, mm -hmm. they could go out and open for Aerosmith. Yeah. Or the Rolling Stones. Exactly. And then they went overseas and opened up for Blackberry Smoke. Exactly. You know, there's, I, mean, how, I mean, there's a few small chunk of bands that you could say could do that. Yeah. And 
it's just not common that a band could cross barriers like that and it work, you know? Exactly. I mean, they were killer to talk to. These guys are down to earth. They're professional. Um, you know, and, and you get a, get a lot of good insight here in this interview. Yeah. And such a great set at the IDL. They pretty much hit all the, all the points you wanted to hear. Yeah. You know? and, and it sounded great. It sounded like you wanted them to sound. And they got a good, decent, it was probably like an hour long set. Yeah, yeah. So there wasn't none of these shenanigans where LA Guns is like, you get 35 minutes, you know, no, none yeah. of that BS. LA Guns knows what's up <laughs> and let these guys do their thing as well. So it was a great night of rock and roll. Exactly. I think it's time to get into it. Roll it. Here's David, Patrick, and Todd from Junkyard. guys obviously been doing a lot more shows in the last couple of years since the album came out so is that a trend that's going to continue here in the next year or two you think or? so far we got one show book for 2019 so we're, <laughs> we're one for one <laughs> no there's going to be more yeah there's gonna be a lot more we're, we're, uh, we're working be. on a new release for 2019 okay. and along with that will be more shows and you know gonna go back overseas again probably in the summertime so, uh, yeah, but a lot of more fly-ins, and apparently we may be playing a lot more with this some band called L.A. Guns. Okay. There you go. <laughs> You're the glom onto those guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to ride their coattails. Milk is <laughs> right. Well, uh, that, that was kind of one of our, you know, uh, now that High Water is out a little bit and you're kind of on new music, how, how do you look at High Water? Has it changed, or is it... It's it's kind of, I mean, High Water, it, what it was, it 27 years between releases? Hmm. So, I mean, it took us, you know, David had a lot of things to say in 27 years, so. <laughs> hopefully, he has, hopefully the, the space between High Water and the next release, he's got a lot to say, too. Well, I only woke up like 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we, we got something left in the, in the bank. Yeah. In the, the tank. You want yaw-yaws to get out? Well, on the, on the new stuff, is it a lot of stuff from that writing period for High Water, or is it all new stuff? It's all, it's all brand new. A couple exceptions. Yeah, there's I'm about two. make them record something that I wrote a while ago. But, uh, uh, Just hopefully without the stuff. chorus. <laughs> <laughs> or the verse. Fuck all the intro. <laughs> did, did they not want to record it? Is that why you're going to make them? Yes, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Dave's yeah. going to be doing his solo it's, poetry it's, record. Yeah, so. it's sort of a power trip, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Well, I'm the only OG, man, and I get... I, the older got, we get, get, the no more he turns into a fucking dickhead. Yeah. That's so <laughs> fucking wrong. Such an asshole. They know that. Lead true, singer man. syndrome. Bullshit. <laughs> Such bullshit, man. Or kid. So what is it, too, like, back junkyard you're singing? What, him? Yeah. <laughs> no, I meant that song you guys are talking about. <laughs> yeah, pretty. Yeah, I don't know. What about so, it? Is it is a new song too laid back for us? No, no not okay, actually, it's not at all. No. Okay. Post bench? No. Oh, domestic violence. Oh, domestic. Oh, I got the harmonica. Oh, well, I, see, I haven't even heard yeah. it. It's like junkyard, you know. We, every song doesn't sound the same. Yeah. It sounds like junkyard, but it doesn't sound like the same. We thing, can take hopefully. that and make it sound. Like yeah, we could play yeah. like Africa and you know junkyard it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So people have it all sound like uh, 75 ACDC. No, we... Stuff, but, uh, that's one of the I things... I there's anything wrong yeah, with that. No, no, no. One of the things I, I, you know, just being in the band and not to, you know, pat myself or the, the guys on the shoulder is that we kind of just do what we want to do as far as the way the songs sound. I mean, you've got, like, stuff that's, you know, a waltz, like hands off and then you've got something that might come across like motorhead and you know i like that you know it, it reminds me of the old way of bands did things not one specific tempo not one specific sound i mean it all sound ends up sounding like junk here because of david but you know i just i like that that we do that that we don't we're I, not afraid I think it has more to do than my voice it has to do with the, the overall thing it sounds like it's it's uncohesive, but it's cohesive because it sounds like us. Yeah. yeah. That's one good thing. I mean, going back to like the years that we were on Geffen, I mean, they really weren't 
they 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 let us do whatever we wanted to do. I mean, there was a couple things, uh, like producer-wise, producer did. wanted to change a couple things around, but it was more like snip and tie stuff. You know, cut the verses in half, cut the courses. But for the most part, we never had a, the label, like, tell us, no, you have to play it this way, or no, this song... You know, is too until, pop or whatever. Until the, until, until the third record, we had a pro- we had a bunch of problems with the third record, but we were on our way out anyways. That's why there is no third record. We'll never yeah. make a concept record. Put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> there'll be no Rush Twenty One Twelve side one for us. No, yeah. <laughs> maybe side two. <laughs> well, talking about your guys' sound, like what has Jimmy brought to the band that might be anything um, I've heard from the past? Cool facial hair. Uh, the weed influence. Yeah. <laughs> Those are two important things. <laughs> Slide guitar. <clears throat> Having Jimmy in the band, it's, it, it's kind of like the guitar player that we always needed. And uh, he, I mean, as soon as he got in and as a permanent member, which was basically the day after he came down and played with us, um, it, we finally had a core unit for the first time since the, since the Geffen days. You know, and... Uh, he just, I mean, he melds in perfectly. Uh, his playing is just phenomenal. And uh, his, you know, no drama with him. He just, you know, stick him in the back of the van with a joint and he's fine. He's to create drama. <laughs> yeah. Unless, you know, there's not a McDonald's within a rock store. That he but the good, out. yeah, the good thing with Jimmy, Jimmy was uh, definitely, we've, we've been, we were fans of all the bands that he's been in throughout the years with the Comatones and the Hangmen. Rock City Angels Angels as well. So, I mean, we knew of them even back in the day. So, you know, having him play with us, it's it's just really bumped up the sound a lot better. And like I said, as far as like drama goes and stuff like that, there's there's no drama. Not that we had drama to begin with, but he's not bringing a bunch of baggage. Yeah, it's important that you bring someone in that, you know... Isn't a prima donna? Just gets along with the rest of the guys. We're not, We're not hard audition. We don't audition people. No. I mean, yeah. we, we will audition a couple people, but we always know who they are to begin with. It's not like you know. It's more getting doing. together and jamming. It's not like an audition. Call, you know it's mean? never an open call. We yeah. rather have people that we either know personally or know about enough right. to know that we're, you know, we swim in the same stream. You know? Yeah. Well, uh, piss in the same toilet. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's it's good that you can keep that sound, even though you're still changing members. And yeah, that, that's that's important. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, I mean, Jimmy's sound is just it, it's perfect with well, us. Well, he grew yeah. up listening to the same, you know, crap we grew up listening to, and yeah, it's just he's like one of the boys. Yeah, and we don't want to change members. Possible, no. you know, it's just necessity. I mean, I think Pat and Todd are almost on their way out. <laughs> but it's my farewell that. show. So. Yeah. <laughs> I've been working on my solo project for 30 years now. Finally got my songs together. How's your solo project going? Well, solo. <laughs> but there's something to be. I mean, I, the more you change members, the more it waters down the integrity of the core thing. And, and the fans feel the same way. They want to see. They want some continuity. They want to see. You know, Vinnie Vincent one year and. Who do we have after Vinny? Uh, that would be uh, Vinny Vincent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mark St. John. No, I, yeah. I, and then I, we had Jill St. John from like uh, Heart to Heart. Yeah. I agree with David. It's it's really important that, that there's some sort of continuity of the band. And the three of us, is, you know, I mean, I came in in 91, but I mean, 91, hell, how many years ago was that? He's a newbie. Yeah. Well, I mean, Todd's, I mean, me and Todd have played together in bands since we were kids, but uh, Todd's also filled in even before. Before we were on Geffen, Todd filled in for our uh, bass player because he had to go away to prison. And uh, but Todd has always been the go-to guy. And even when you know when the band formed and everything, and when I was talking to you know Chris Gates about it, you know Todd was it was always you know Todd. And then it just turned out that Todd was in a couple other bands and couldn't play at that time. So. And uh, basically, Todd was in the band. It was like 1990, 19, late 1991. Yeah. So, because um, we had to, we basically had to split with our old bass player because he was going through a bunch of um, uh, prison issues. Pawn shop. Pawn shop. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, there was he stuff was missing from our uh, from our uh, equipment locker, and it was like, wait a second, you know. And then when he started showing up to rehearsal without a bass. And uh, that got a little, yeah, and three hours late and high as a kite. You know, I guess, you know. 
Maybe we should think about getting rid of them. <laughs> well, do you guys have a timetable set for the new album? Uh, we're hoping like uh, first half of first half of 2019, like yeah. like April, May, hopefully. Okay. You know, we're gonna. I think first we may start. We're we've we've got about I think nine or ten songs like ideas that we got to start. So probably we'll start recording in mid-January, do some uh, pre-production, which is basically us at a shitty rehearsal studio in Van Nuys, drinking a bunch of beer, talking to each other, and then maybe playing a couple of new songs. <laughs> you don't want to overthink it. Yeah, the more you overthink it, the more you just yeah. fuck it up. That's the junkyard way. <laughs> we'll uh, talk about um, uh, Till the Wolves Fall Off with Charlie Starr, how that came about. That's a great song. That... Um, Brian, uh, or Ch- Brian Charlie Bates. knew Brian, or Brian, uh, Brian, I guess, yep. was a fan of uh, Blackberry Smoke, and he went to a show and uh, started talking, you know, he got backstage or whatever, he's Brian Baker, and uh, he, <laughs> he was, uh, they were shooting the shit, I guess, and um, I guess Charlie said he wanted to write a song for the... For for the band. Well, Char- yeah, said, well Charlie okay. told Charlie. You know, I don't mean to interrupt, but no, yeah, Charlie please. was telling Brian that when they were younger, that all the guys, a lot of the guys in the band, were totally into Junkyard, and he he, yeah. he kind of fanboyed out on Brian, and and he had a song that he thought uh, fit us, you know, the lyrically, I, he, mm-hmm. he thought that fit us, that sentiment fit us, and so that, yeah, they just got together, and then I was like, wow, but I heard about it, and then when I heard the song, I was like, oh, this is great, it's fucking. But yeah, that was an honor, quite an honor for us, Definitely. you know. Fucking someone like a songwriter like Charlie Starr. Yeah, yeah Charlie think, was, think about us. He was really great. Like we went to after we recorded the record and everything, the Blackberry Smoke played in Hollywood, and um, we got we got to you know finally you know three or four of us got to meet him, and uh, he started telling us stories like when he was a young kid. Um, we were we were playing. It was the it was the tour that we did that had the Black Rose opening up for us, and uh, Charlie had snuck into the Atlanta show because he was underage. So he snuck into the show, and he uh, saw us. And then as he was walking out, he went by the merch stand and stole a T-shirt and ran out. And then the very next day, his dad made him mow the lawn. And uh, he had he had the shirt wrapped around his uh, wrapped around his belt buckle, and it turned out that the fucking shirt went right underneath the lawnmower and ripped it all apart. But uh, yeah, Charlie, when we were talking to Charlie about it, like Charlie and the drummer Brett and uh, guitar player Paul, they were all like fans of ours. From, they were also like younger, so, but they couldn't get into the show. They couldn't get into the shows that we played because every time we played Atlanta. Uh, it was always 21 and over, so they were just like 16, I guess, at the time. So. Fast forward 30 years, and we got to open for them in England. Yeah. Where they're like, that was amazing. Yeah. yeah. It was really cool. Grateful Dead, the way people travel around to see them. Yeah. yeah. We pissed a few of their fans off. The <laughs> we played, uh, yeah, we did. We just got back from the UK. We played, we did four shows opening up for them, and then we did uh, uh, six shows on our own. So it was, a, it, I mean, the it was great. I mean, they treated us like royalty, and uh, we played in front of a lot of people. And uh, I think we made some fans. Some people were just like, you know, what's this? You know, but their their fans either liked us or didn't like us with equal enthusiasm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Do you enjoy playing shows like that where it's a, a different crowd? You're opening up for that kind of thing, or is it no. obviously would you rather? It's it's probably rough. I mean, David really. I mean, it's really for. Yeah, you know, it's got to be tough on you. It's challenging, but I mean, you you just do what you do. You can't really. You can't uh, tailor the set or tailor your fucking performance to please people that might not be into something that abrasive or whatever. You just got to do what you do. Some people, some people are gonna like it. Some people ain't. Running up the flagpole, see you salutes, you know. Just take advantage of the opportunity yeah. and you're gonna win some fans, you're gonna make some enemies, who fucking cares. Yeah. <laughs> well your sounds always afforded you the option to do that where you could open up for Blackberry Smoke or LA Guns or anyone in between. Yeah. So I mean it's any old way. Yeah, I mean is that when you guys developed your sound early on, was that just was it just natural or was it something we want to do something that kinda of crosses some boundaries? It just came out the way it came out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we were at the time. You know, we all come from a 
hardcore punk background. Not hardcore, not hardcore in the sense of you know like black you know, flag. Black flag, but, but I mean we're just all punkers. We were raised punk sensibility, punk, punk sensibility. approach. But we played in punk bands, and but we, at the same time we, we, we were listening to Ted Nugent and ACDC and fucking the Stones and you know country music. You know we were, well we listened to something before punk rock happened, right? Yeah, and yeah that was, exactly. You know yeah. ACDC, like you said, all those bands, and then you. You get a little older, you want to piss your parents off or whatever. Uh, yeah, and punk rock gave you the avenue to fucking get in a band, yeah. learn how to play. Yeah, you know, those guys, those bands that I mentioned before, you go see them in concert when you're 13 and they're on fucking stage and they look like, un, you know, they're like up there and you're down here and how do they're, I get they're there? Like untouchable. It's untouchable. They're, they're fucking yeah. icon. They're, you know, they're on a pedestal that you can't reach. Punk rock, you're sticking in the clubs, you're going to all ages shows, and these guys are playing. They're only a year or two older than you, like, and they, you know, some of them can play kind of, but it made it accessible. Yeah. It made you go, well, fuck, they can do it, I can do it. Yeah, and plus with punk rock, I mean, it was such a, you know, especially early '80s, like you know, 1980 through '83, it was such a tight knit community. So you, when you went on the road, like, like for me and Todd, we were in a band called Decry. When we went on the road, it was like you'd go to each city, and like other bands would help you out getting shows, like Corrosion and Conformity, and you know bands like that. So it was kind of like you just to book a tour, you just hook it up through your friends that were in other bands, and if they couldn't play the show, they would make sure to get point you in the right direction. And uh, still to this day, I don't understand how we booked shows or booked a tour back then with no cell phones. No, no, yeah. uh, no phones with maps no or anything like that. Yeah. No navigation. We would just drive to this. We, I mean, we knew that we were playing, say, you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma, or whatever. So we'd just go to the local record store, and, and then, then they would tell us that's where the venue calls. is, and then yeah. start, and then we would start advancing shows from there for the next two or three cities. But uh, it was, you know, and also in you know, a local. You're talking about touring the country, but yeah. in a local sense, people, you know, the, the older bands. You know, they they encouraged the younger bands. You yeah, know? there wasn't there wasn't like a fucking you know, competition or anything. Everybody wanted to see the fucking scene propagate. Yeah. So, but the mix. I'm going back to your original question. The, the which was, was a little, ten minutes ago. I know, but <laughs> yeah, the, it wasn't a thought out thing. To you know, that that sound is just you know kind of an influence of everything you grew up out, with. Yeah. From ACDC to Black Flag, yeah. Yeah. and everything in between, or Johnny Cash, or Hank Williams, or Motorhead, or whatever. Yeah. It's all there. Yeah. It's all right. Anything with fucking integrity, anything that's yeah. got a fucking pulse. Yeah, it had to have some heart and integrity. Well, you mentioned playing these shows. They're like guns. I noticed you're playing drum set. Do you like, not obviously like it, but is that intimidating to play someone else's drum set when you're so used to something else? Or? He just nah. Has to like the drum set. I just. Clean <laughs> <laughs> it off. Yeah, I leave a little green globule on the uh, drum stool. No, uh, no, no, not at all. It's you know. We didn't know each other then. We didn't hang out in the same circles then. They were always a few notches above us. You know, we were trying to get where they were. We still are trying to get where they are. But we're colleagues now. Thirty years has passed, and all the shit's fucking fallen off and gone to the wayside. There's a few bands left standing. La Guns. Mm-hmm. We're still, you know, second tier. Down there scrapping away. <laughs> and uh, it's all good, man. Right on, guys. We appreciate your time. Oh, oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. David, Todd, and Patrick from Junkyard. That was awesome. That, that was, was pretty great. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Really glad to get these guys on the podcast. A huge thanks to Carol from Status Global Management, to Scotty from Status Global Management as well. And, of course, a huge thank you to those three members of Junkyard for sitting down with us. Of course. Thank you to Doug Burgess of DEB Concerts for bringing in these amazing acts. Of course. And, of course, bringing in Saxon here in about a month and a half. Can't wait. Yeah, that's going to be great. But, yeah, if you're a fan of Junkyard, there's a good chance you're a fan of that 80s rock era. Definitely. And we have had on many guys from that era including Biff Byford from Saxon. Uh, Tesla. Yeah. Kicks. L.A. Guns. Uh, Europe. Um, Gene Simmons and Bruce Kulik of Kiss. I don't know if you ever heard of them. 
I have not, but I looked that episode up. <laughs> uh, Great White, Taiketo, uh, Trickster, Warrant, Firehouse, Bullet Boys. We've had all those guys on. Lily and Axe and Dokken. And then outside of that, guys from Megadeth, Seven Dust, Black Star Riders, Hate Breed, Prong, Clutch, Shine Down, Death Angel, Overkill, Sons of Texas, Avatar, Drowning Pool, Drowning Pool, <laughs> Nonpoint. <laughs> And many, many more. The list goes on. Yeah. SoundCloud.com backslash Thunder Dash Underground is where you can find them all. You can also listen to us on iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, MixCloud. Wherever you listen, like it, love it, heart it, and whatever it allows you to do. Share it, comment, leave a review. All that stuff helps spread the word. It's an easy way to help help us. Another easy way to help us is to go to Patreon.com, type in Thunder Underground. Send us a few bucks. Do it. That helps as well. Like Starship Records, you say, give us your money. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and that's it. And you can listen to us, excuse me, every Monday night on WSNR 102.7. Of course. Dot com. I need to throw that on there, I guess. And then follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube and all that great stuff. Hell yeah. Yeah. So I guess we don't have anything else to ramble about this time, do we? That about does it, man. Yeah. So, yeah, once again, Friday night, Mercury Lounge, a vulture wake with Bob Goblin and Murderous Mary. And we'll be talking to you in the next couple weeks about the Mikey Hernandez benefit at the Shrine. Yes. As well as upcoming shows from, oh, yeah, another one is Blind Oath will be at on January 10th. Where was that? Is that the sound pony? Yeah. Okay, you got the sound pony? Yeah, I think pony. so, yeah. So check that out. We'll mention that again next week. And I think that covers it. Nice. All right, until next time. I love that song. Uh, no, we're not on so Yacht not Rock anymore. Yeah, this is still Yacht Rock. Oh, oh, oh. And they don't So this is how we go. This is really backstage. Yeah. This is how, this is how we... This is how we roll now. <laughs> hey, keep that going, man. I'm going to open that bottle of Chardonnay. We'll let it breathe about 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys doing? <laughs> oh, oh. Thunder Underground, y'all.